You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another edition of Gate 7 International, Ethnic Yomada edition. Pardon pardon my somberness, just if you couldn't tell, I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm your was, host, that si- w- was that silence for dramatic effect? I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually kind of speechless for a second. I was like, how, how do I put my disappointment into words? And you know what? We're going to get, we're going to get into that in a second, but you know what guys, uh, you know what, for, you know what, no sponsors today. No, no housekeeping today. Let's just, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Costa, Costa K, how are you doing, man? Been better, been better (laughs) before. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Do we do this now? Do we just purge right now, or do we save it for later? How do we want to do this? You know what? Let's 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 do it. Let's do it this way. Let's start with how did you feel about the lineup when you saw the lineup? Uh, it was three five two. Yanulis was on the left. Timikas was at center back instead of Stafilidis. But other than that, there wasn't really much else changed. How did you feel about that going into the game? I just feel like we've gone from a team filled with center backs. So many center backs, you just didn't know who to pick. You just didn't know what to do with all of them. To a team with no center backs. A team where it is necessary to play a left back at a, in a back three. Even though I can't remember seeing Timikas playing as a left back anywhere before. Maybe I am mistaken, but even if he did, it wasn't many times. We saw Janulis playing that position. I mean, I remember Zavellas per- personally. I remember him as a left back myself. I don't really remember him as a center back, although he does he does dabble. Based on what I know, he da- he dabbles better in a better way than Janulis and Simikas. So what I felt, my initial thought was, we have we are a team that went that that went from a defensive powerhouse filled with really good center backs to a team with almost no quality at center back. Um, that's what I think of the uh, of the lineup starting with starting out with the lineup. Other than that, you know, you have all those Olympiacos players. You had uh, Andruzos, who's not a right back. You had Buhalakis and Masuras, who played really well against Fenerbahce, but and it sh- but it showed against Panathinaikos that all three of them are are knackered. Uh, they had two very big games this past week. One against Fenerbahce at the Sukrus Aracoglu, which demanded a lot. Then it's the derby against the Eternal Enemy, where you need to play. You need to bust your ass. They were tired. Other than that, I mean, those are the kind of players he had. Those are the kind of players he played. But the, the formation, well, I don't know. That's the formation he wanted. I wouldn't go with that, but he did. Costa C, man. How about you? 
You remember that time I told you I would never come onto a show again to talk about the national team? That's how disgusted I am with everything that's going on in Ebo and around the national team. Well, anyway, here I am. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, every single time that uh, the national team is about to play, there's there's discussions about the choices, uh, who he's called up, who he hasn't. Um, and every time you, you're waiting to see the lineup, you're just thinking, all right, what's he going to do this time that's weird? And today it was Simikas at centre-back. So I think we played well in the first half. Funnily enough, I did think we were the better side. Let's let's call it what it was. We could have been we could have been two up going into it. Um, there was the the Masuras chance. There was the Pavlidis header on the post. So we hit hit the woodwork twice. Sweden did nothing. But in the end, it's the um, today for, for today's game. It's the inexperience at the back that's cost us, and that's what. That's what Costa was was alluding to, the fact that this national team, its success was built on our our defensive capability and our our ability to keep the zero at the back. And we haven't been able to do that, not only tonight, but throughout the entire campaign for the World Cup qualifiers. I cannot remember a game that we kept a clean sheet. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Have we kept a clean sheet this campaign? I don't think we have. I think that says everything. The rest we can we can dive into a bit more, but that's my my first reaction, let's say. No, and I, you know, in many ways, I'm in agreement with both of you guys. Uh, I saw the lineup, and it didn't surprise me. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I with what Pear had said in the you know in our pre-match, I was already nervous because he was very confident, and I I saw everything that he said and in retrospect i was kind of expecting a loss today but then that when we watched the first half roll out we started off pretty strong we were pressing pretty high and i thought you know this this is it right this is actually maybe this is finally what we were told jvs was bringing to this team it's finally starting to happen so I thought that maybe when the game started and the game was going on in that first half that we were finally seeing what this new look Greek national team was supposed to be. You know, some elements of what we saw at the end of the last qualifying campaign when JVS first took over. So it's, uh, it, it, I mean, it sucks. And I didn't already have the greatest outlook, but the worst part is you got that hope in the first half you you started to have it because you saw how good we were playing and a lot of people are like oh that was undeserved we hit two goalposts but it in a way i think it's there is some justice here because we've been bailed out twice twice by by penalties right var penalties at that so we've been bailed out twice so i think in a matter of speaking it's justice now it bit us you know, we can't be relying on those types of calls those types of scenarios for us to get past these games and now it happened against us. And those two drop results against Kosovo and Georgia came to bite us in the ass as a result. But how did you guys see that first half performance? Was this more like, was that more like the Greece team that you expected that we would see under JVS from the beginning? The Prospect. only positives, sorry, 
I'm going to dive straight in. The only positives that I take from this game are the fact that Olympiacos players looked in good shape. In that first half, it was Masuras making the diagonal runs, running in behind the defence, and Bukalakis, to a very large extent, bossing that midfield. He looked yep. like the best centre midfielder on that pitch, definitely in the first half. Um, and Andrutus looked, looked up for it as well. So for me, that, that was very positive to see that our players were were really taking that experience that they have from Champions League, from Europa League, from big European games and, and, and showing up for the national team tonight. So I was happy to, to see that as an Olympiagos fan, uh, that they contribute to the ethnic tonight. Otherwise, I'm trying to think... Yeah, I think I think Masuras and Bukhalakis were were the standout players for Greece. They were, tonight. especially in without the first question of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was by design, but it seemed like whenever Siopis would win the ball, his first look was to where Bukhalakis was, and then Bukhalakis was the one sending service to Masuras when he was making the runs. For a second, I thought, hey, maybe JVS has a game plan here, and this is the game plan. Kostake, well, what do you think? What I think is that uh, Kostas, my synonomatos, he hit the nail right in the head in terms of the Champions League experience. There just is no top-level experience in this team. There isn't. There's very limited in that regard. When Otto Rehagel was the manager of the Greek national team, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, he didn't stay in Greece. He didn't live in Greece. He had, a, he had a specific philosophy. You want to play in my team? You need to either play in the Champions League or play in one of the best leagues in the world. I understand there are not a lot of options right now with the current, with, with, how, Greek, with, with how Greek football is at the moment. But there are players at the top level who are not playing for the Greek national team. You have so many young players who are not, so many young, talented players who are demanded to deliver for the Greek national team, but they came into this Greek national team without anyone showing them the ropes, without anyone mentoring them. When Manolas, Papastathopoulos, uh, uh, even Bakasetas, Yanoulis uh, uh, came in, there, there was still Katsouranis, there was still Karagounis, there was still Salpigidis, there was still Christopoulopoulos. There was... This old, this old guard to put to, to show them the ropes. Now it just there just isn't. There is no top level experience. So you got players who you who don't understand the pressure of must win matches. They don't understand that it's one thing to be Bosnia and in a game that nobody cares about. It's good to to deliver in friendlies. It's good to beat Sweden in matches that everyone thought were done, were finished. But when it comes, when the time comes to beat Slovenia at home, so we can win the Nations League. When the time comes to beat Georgia, to make that Spain draw count. When the time comes to beat Kosovo, so that we can still be in this, the must win. They just choke because there's no top level experience. The, the Greek national team is inundated with players that have even that have either never won a game in the Champions League or never played a single game in the Champions League. I know it's it's so tiring to talk about Manolas, Papastathopoulos, and Siovas. I know I get it, but they should be in the Greek national team. 
Manolas is still can still go at a big time can go. Papastathopoulos can still play for Olympiacos in Europe and maintain clean sheets at the Emirates at the Sukrus Aratsoglu. Siovas, yeah, he's not playing right now, but his experience is useful. We just don't have that now. That's where you need Manolas, Papastathopoulos, and Siovas. And the goal showed showed it, and the red card showed it that you need this experience at the back. I, I think. Uh, Ari, if I may, I had yeah. I had a similar, if not exact, thought to Sinonomatos Costa. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact it, it, it's the fact that who who do the players look up to in this team, and who did they look up to before? It, it's exactly what Costa said. It's like when you were a young player, if you were like a Zolis or a Timikas or a whoever walking into the dressing room of the national team in the past, you had a Karagunis, you had a Zagorakis, you had a Yanakopoulos, uh, a Delas, uh, Nikopolidis. You had guys and you were like, you, you, you would be in awe. If you're a young player walking into the dressing room of today's national team, who are the experienced players that you look up to? Bacasetas. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that we pick on him, but... That's it now, isn't it? You're, you're, a, you're a guy like Zolis, or you're a guy like Mavropanos, Zvarnas. Who do you look up to? Who do you turn to, to for help, for like, you know, arm around the shoulder or like somebody to, to turn around and say, come on, lads, like, let's go and take it seriously, you know, and get that extra bit of motivation, that extra bit of adrenaline that makes you perform better on the pitch. We don't have those players anymore. Yep. And 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 I, I'm I'm making a segue now. Um or or actually sorry, Ari, say your thing. I've got something broader to say. No, after. you I think I have a feeling you're about to segue into what I was bringing up next. So go ahead. Okay, well, let's see. Because the the point I wanted to make was that we didn't lose qualification to the World Cup tonight. We lost qualification to the World Cup when John Van Skip decided, uh, together with Epo, uh, together with whoever, that we should play Mavrias at right back against Georgia. We didn't. We, we lost qualification to the World Cup when John Van Skip against Kosovo, after we went one 0 up, decided to take all our strikers off and put defenders on. And then we ate it. We dropped points against Georgia and Kosovo. We lost qualification for this World Cup when Epo and Exigianzi decided that they would fight tooth and nail to keep Socrates, Manolas and Siovas and anybody who spoke their mind out of the national team. And we didn't qualify. We are not going to qualify for this World Cup because we do not have a coach that is of the level to take this national team forward. And finally, we're not qualifying for the World Cup because we don't have attendance at our stadiums post-COVID and pre-COVID of above two and a half thousand people. Yep. And we do not play in a football stadium. It's absolutely, it's absolutely shambolic. Those yep. are some of the reasons why we're not qualifying for World Cup. It's not tonight that we lost in a crunch game. Damage was done much earlier on, and I've said it many times before, the problems are endemic, systemic in Greek football. 
this is what it is, guys. And these are the results we get. Yeah. And actually, you did end up touching on something I was getting into next, which is we did you brought up the lack of experience and why it makes such a difference. But then how much of this loss, this or this game against Sweden, we'll say, is on JVS because I put a even though the inexperience I wholly believe is a part of it. I put much of this on his poor game management. We have seen not just this campaign, but even in the Nations League campaign. JVS, he may not be the worst game manager we've had as a national team coach, but he is up there. He has made some really, really poor decisions. Like, look, let's let's take in Georgia, right? So I brought this up in my blog. I brought this up in post-match with Zemo. I do not believe Pablidis is the striker this national team needs. But... He finally started to grow into the game in the first half. You sub him off at halftime. In today's game, he was the worst player on the pitch for me. If you were going to make a halftime sub, that's who you do. Okay, now he left him on at halftime. I didn't see much out in the first 10 minutes of the second half. Make that sub. He left Bavlidis on there for 75 minutes. And that was when he finally decided to bring Duvikas on in place of him. Unacceptable. He waited, he waited till we were already down a goal when things were going against us before he made any changes. Where were the changes? Where were those? Where were the, When we were clearly starting to struggle, the first change should have been Bavlidis off. Bavlidis was the, the, the worst part of the team. Okay, maybe not the worst part of the team, but the, one of the poorer parts of the team. And we needed somebody with ideas. We brought... At, at the very least, it should have been either Duvikas on for him first or maybe maybe Belka or maybe maybe Tzolis. But you take off Masuras. Your first change, you do a double change. Okay, the Siopis for Belkas, fine. An attacking-minded midfielder for a defensive-minded one. Uh, that makes sense. It, it, it flows. But you take off Masuras. You take off the guy that has cre- that has made the runs. Even tired in the second half, he's done more for you than any other player has. You take him off and you leave Bavlidis on? What is this decision? You wait till we're already 2-0 down in the 75th minute to take him off and to put Duvikas on. It's, it's done already. It's done. Terrible, 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 terrible game management. And I have highlighted it every single time with this manager. He is terrible. He does not read game script well. He cannot manage the team well. And we see this as a result every game. I don't know. I feel like, uh, personally, I feel like it's a shame that uh, players like Fortunis, Manolas, not exactly Papastathopoulos, because he had some really good years at the Ethniki, uh, many, many years before that. Maybe Masuras, maybe Bukhalakis. I'm afraid they're going down this, the Vasilis Katsipanagis path in the sense that Greece had one of the best players in the world, and he never really did it. He never did anything with the Greek national team. He was never used in the Greek national team. Those Fortunis, Bukhalakis, Masuras are not the best players in the world, but they are Greek players that can contribute. They can help you out. They can lead you to results. Fortunis is a very rare player for Greek standards. And for reasons that are not clear, they are not going to go down in history as players that help the Greek national team, the way things are going. If we, if we keep it up like this, where there, you know, those players are somewhere between the bench and their sofas, Manolas is still being subbed, they're going to go down in history as players that never left, almost definitely never left a mark at the Greek national. 
for Manolas, it's uh, it's nothing but the 2014 World Cup. Other than that, that's it. You're on mute. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Still doing it over a year later. But uh, okay. before I touch on a comment that Lombardo has in the chat, uh, actually, Costa, I wanted to do this with both of the Costas. There was a cool thought experiment that Pear, that Pear brought up, and uh, it was fun to think about. And I wanted to take this opportunity to ask both of you guys. Uh, you know, Pear said you measure the level of progress with your team and with, with the country when you compare it to previous regimes right so he said take the 2004 team or we can even take the 20 the 2014 team and ask yourself which of these players get called up to those teams so for the 2004 team i made a mistake that i publicly apologized for uh i did not include simikas it, it, it did slip my mind when i was put on the spot i do apologize simikas gets called up 100 and then i also said masuras with the form that he's been in in greece uh, so I, I picked those two, but I couldn't think of anyone else at this point that would get called up to the, to the Euro 2004 national team. So I want to ask you guys that question. Let's do this thought experiment. What players on the current ethnic Omada do you think would get a call up to that 2014? Uh, Costa K, you go first. I had the honor and privilege of interviewing Yorvus Karagounis last summer. And uh, we actually got to a point during our conversation, it was on the record, so I can say it, uh, where we both agreed, I wouldn't change a goddamn thing about Euro 2004. So here's my answer. I wouldn't include any player of today in the Euro 2004 team. I wouldn't, greet, I wouldn't include any player from the past, present, or future. Not even Vasilis Khadzipanagis, the greatest Greek player of all time. Euro 2004 team, absolutely no change. I'm going to try and entertain this a little bit more. So uh, I would take Vlachodimos, not in not as a not as a number one, but I'd take him in the squad. Who was the who was the subkeeper? It was Katerianakis. No, it was Halkias, and then it was Katerianakis. Fun fact: uh, Katerianakis played mm. right back during training to help the team uh, work on their systems on their play. So he played right back. And uh, Topalidis, I think, played left back. He was also on the opposing team. And they were helping the team work out the uh, formations, the, the, ga the, the, the game plans. Well, that's a fun I, I tip, remember, I didn't know that. I, I do remember reading that somewhere. That's, but that's Abracos. deep. That, that's that's deep, uh, deep knowledge, for sure. So, yeah, I, I would take Odisea. I would take Odisea as a, as a number two or a number three keeper. Timikas, for sure. Okay, guys. I mean, how good was Takis Fisas? Like passion. He had he had loads of it, but Timikas is like another level player. Like Timikas walks into that squad for me, and then guys. I mean, they were they. Who was the who was the sub left back? Venedidis. Venedidis. Venedidis was the sub left back, and then you had players like Dimitris Papadopoulos up front. Dare I say it? I think Dovikas is a better player than Dimitris Papadopoulos. He hasn't shown it yet in the national team. Well, the young players, the you know, I think in a couple years, like I said, we had a couple players that have the potential if their career paths go the right way, would be in that conversation. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Let's see. It, it's too early to say for Zolis. I don't think. I don't think that national team had a player like Zolis. No. 
I don't think they they did. They didn't. We've never had a player like Zolus, a player that, that, you know, had that low center of gravity that can run at people and like, you know, tuck tuck your shoulder in one way and go the other direction and shoot with power, uh, strong lad. He's he's exciting. Uh, I hope he, I hope he gets game time with Norwich and then you've got, and then Masura, as you mentioned already, Uh, I mean, Masuras, I've said it before, for me, he's Yanakopoulos 2.0. He's very, very close to Stelio. I remember talking to Stelio about this on the show when he, you know, he told us about working with him and giving him tips. And yeah, I mean, we 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 saw it. We, we don't give him enough credit. He's improved so much as a player. I think he would probably, for me, also deserve being included in a squad like that. So Gostas is right, of course. You would not change anything about that that squad uh, with the knowledge of what happened. But yeah, to entertain the exercise, I I try and put in a few names. Of course, Gosta Gosta K. If it makes you, if it helps with the, I guess with the with the thought process, I'm not saying to change it. Like who would have the quality to even be considered okay. for the team? Okay. If that and makes just... you feel better. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Just a bit of context. When we were talking with Karagunis, he talk, told me about this uh, time in during the year 2004 where the Greeks needed to work out. They need to go to a gym and uh, they just didn't have that luxury of working out in the gym. So they actually had to drive, uh, drive around in Porto and find a gym of, and find a gym to work out with a bunch of other Portuguese people, you know, who lived in Porto. And that's where we decided. That's where we both laughed, and we said, "You know what? We still wouldn't change a goddamn thing." But uh, you put it nicely now, there, Adi. So I'm gonna answer by saying, "Yeah, Odysseus would be a good little would be a good uh, um, backup." Tsimikas at left back, yes, absolutely. Uh, other than that, no one. Other than that, no one. Tsimikas. You have to take. Back. You have to take Zvarnas. You have to take Zvarnas into that. Team. Stop. Yeah, Velas Vela was disappointing, wasn't he? Especially against the Czech Republic, right? He would have learned so much next to Velas. You have to put a player like Zvarnas with so much potential next to Velas. You, you yeah, brought I mean, that he, up. Kapsis was so old. Like, I mean, you have to put Zvarnas there. Gus, that, that, you're like a gravitational pull with those comments. Look look who you brought into the chat here. <laughs> Fethano here. Put Stavilidis <laughs> in the 2004 squad. We win without conceding a goal. You did it. Uh, here's another one. This is a goofy one here. Wish it, won it, do it. Let's use Mavropano to wipe the van shit off this team. That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, Chad always, Chad always brings it. But um, uh, now that we finished the thought experiment, Lambro in the comments brought up an interesting point here uh, when we were discussing the level of this national team. And he said, can you guys go through where each Greek national team manager post Ranieri is now? Fun thought experiment. The level of coaching has been shocking. And he brings up here, Anastasiadis is nowhere. Skibby is nowhere. Zanas, not a coach. Markaran, not a coach. JVS from the Australian League. Can you guys talk about this? The level of coaches we had has been very low. Now, I'll preface this by saying, look, we know that our budget is just Greek national team can't afford a top tier coach. We just can't, you know, for whatever reason, you know, all of the EPO executives have to make their huge sums of money. We don't have the disposable income to buy a top tier coach. So we have to find a diamond in the rough. So that is going to be the case, but I think it's a fair thing to say that we don't have top quality coaches. Um, 
uh, and at the same time, you know, as much as we, as much as we like to discuss tactics or what coach does this, we also don't really have a lot of patience as Greeks. Uh, Pear yep. brought this up as well. And he said, you know, he said the same thing as a player that played in Greece and looking on on the outside, we don't have patience, but he did also say, given what we've gone through in the context that he thought it was fair, that we are very impatient with the coach. So make that what you will. What are your thoughts on what Lampa brought up? I think we played pretty deep, pretty well under Skibe, to be honest. I mean, look at the group we had in the uh, in the World Cup qualifiers. We mm -hmm. finished below Belgium, who came out, who came up third in the uh, in the in the World Cup, and then we got eliminated in the playoffs to the team that uh, went to the final. Yeah, the runners <laughs> of the finals, exactly. It felt like a failure back then because it was Croatia and we didn't think yes. they would do anything, but they made it to the final. They eliminated England in the semifinals and they had amazing players. Modric, Rakitic, Perisic. It was, it was amazing. We didn't do... We, we actually did pretty well under Skiba. There was a lot of reasons to feel hopeful. Yes. We screwed up in the Nations League, but I still believe maybe he deserved more time. Skiba probably deserved more time, or at least you don't bring in Anastasiadis to replace this manager. No, exactly. But that, that's because, to to I mean, uh, for, from my point of view, Skibe he took the um, the ingredients that made the Greek team what it was, and he kind of made some little kind of modifications. But the uh, let's say the, the style of play, it was it was more or less what we what we had come to know: solid defense start from the back, work on your set pieces and pray to God that you have a striker that can put the ball in the back of the net. No, but he and also you... had experience, top level experience as well. Sorry to interrupt, but it was also top level experience. I'm just, so I'm just re refreshing my memory. The guy, the guy was coached for three seasons at Bayer Leverkusen. He coached at Galatasaray, coached at Eintracht Frankfurt for a couple of years. I mean, he wasn't, in, then in Turkey for some years, so he knew the mentality uh, in the Mediterranean. So he wasn't a nobody. Uh, but I, I completely agree with you, Costa. I think looking back at, at Skiba, I, I think it was a rash decision to, you know, after after the game against Croatia and the knockout there to just get rid of him. Yeah. I also it took flack. I took a little bit of flack too when I remember after the Nations League ended with Van Schip, people were saying how much better this team looks, how much more offensive it looks. And I actually compared the stats from every year Skibe was in charge of the Greek national team. Everything. I went, oh, I broke down everything you could imagine. And Skibe's stats in the first season, especially, were actually better than Van Schip's. There wasn't much, he had just as good offensive stats. And I'll be honest with you guys. When you look at some of the teams we played against, I think the Nations League group that we had with Van Schip was easier. I'm, that's my personal opinion on that. I think that that group was very easy. Slovenia, Kosovo, Moldova doesn't get it doesn't get much easier than that. But uh, I'll preface that because I also think we're a little bit unfair to Skibby. Now it kind of came apart at the end, but I also think we're a little bit unfair to him and what he did. But he was also given ample amount of time we'll say too he had three is years the, with us is this statement true that, that's no. an interesting that's no, an interesting no. thought experiment no, no. and i i completely disagree with that fetanos yeah. is saying 
this is the worst generation of players and co coaches decide players worst generation of players the ethnic has ever had i don't think so i don't think so no no absolutely not i mean that i mean yeah that team in 1994 they did make the world cup but i mean they were the the, the conditions in that greek national team they were shocking but in terms yeah. of you know players that were back then and players that you have now because now you've got players who are playing abroad but the problem is that they still don't have top level experience i mean there's there's a dip here this is the thing Pauk and nike they don't play in the champions league they don't play in the europa league and there's a difference between the Turkish league and the Dutch league with the La Liga, the Premier League, the Bundesliga, the Serie A. We still got players, Greek players who play in the top in the top league. One player who really needs to be in this Greek national team is George Baldock, considering we don't have a right back. George Baldock spent the last two years, the last two seasons, playing almost every minute in the Premier League. Yes, it was Sheffield United. Yes, Sheffield United sucked ass last season, but that's the Premier League. And now, who do we have at right back? We have Bakaikis, who, who lost his, uh, his spot at Daek. We have Mavrias, who doesn't play in Cyprus, the Cypriot League. And we, don't, and we have uh, Andrutsos, who's not a right back. George Baldock needs to be called up immediately, right now. Costa, does he have a passport yet? George Baldock, uh, George Baldock uh, he has, a, he has a, a Greek mother, doesn't he? Yeah, so he yeah, does, but he doesn't. He doesn't have the passport yet. But yeah, that, that was the problem. He needed the passport. The, yeah. yeah, but those things can be sorted out. They have been sorted out in the past. That's yeah. true. Sorted out really quickly for other players in the past. That's true. And he wants to play for the Greek national. He said it many times. He does want to play. Well, that's because the English team obviously is not going to call him up. Let's be honest. But yeah. he can play. Well, move it forward. Before before we kind of go back on track with the match, I do have a question for you though. What about so we we do have Adruzos here, right? Uh, but are there players that were worth calling up that weren't called up? Like we have Saliaka sitting on the bench on the ethnic for Adruzos, but there's other right backs of interest, such as Kotsiras. Uh, in the past, we we brought up uh, guys like Steryu. Um, are, are those players that you think are are warranting of a call up and didn't get a look and should have gotten a look? Well, personally, I mean, I haven't really been following their progress, but, uh, I, but I mean, it doesn't really sound like there is much top-level experience there. I mean, let's, no. let's be honest. We're, we, we never watch the training. We don't watch what's going on yes. in training. There was a debate going on about why Tsimikas doesn't start and instead Yanulis takes position. Well, to be honest with you, I don't mind which one of them two really starts because I do rate Yanulis. Yes, Tsimikas is doing really well at Liverpool, and that is a much bigger club and a lot, much higher demands, but they're... I am impressed with Yanulis, and I'm not watch. I, I never watched the Greek national team's training, so I don't know if Yanulis brings in something that Simikas doesn't in the in the uh, in John Van Schiep's style. So, I mean, to answer your question, I haven't really been following those uh, those two players' uh, progress, but it doesn't really sound that there's much top level there. Labros bringing up this Steriu kid. So the difference between Steriu and who was mentioned earlier, George Bulldog, is that. Steriu wants to play for Switzerland. And if I'm not mistaken, he can also play for a Latin American nation as well. Or he has like, uh, he can play for three countries. He can choose. But from what we've heard, Greece isn't his top pick. And I'm not surprised. So for me, you know, there's some other names 
popping around. Uh, Dimitris Nikolaou, former Olympiakos centre-backs, playing in, in Serie A now. He came up with Empoli from Serie B. Seems like he's making a decent career in Italy. For me, that's not, it's not the issue, guys. If we go back to today's game and we look at the goals we conceded, the inexperience of Lavropanos to dive in like that, who, who does that? An inexperienced centre-back playing in an international World Cup qualifier. There you go. That's where the inexperience shows. Yeah. And then the second one is just, it's amateur. We don't do that in Belgian Sunday League. The first thing a coach teaches you when you're a kid and you're playing in midfield or as a centre-back and the ball's coming from the keeper, get in a good position and don't let the ball bounce. Just put your head on it. And there you see the, the goalkeeper, he kicks it. The defenders are all out of position. They turn around, the ball's behind them and it bounces. And it's like, oh, the ball's behind me. This is an international level football. And this is happening. And this is what happens when you don't have experience. And to go back to Fedanos's question about whether this is the worst generation of Greek footballers that we've ever seen. No, it's not. We have not seen players like Dolis before. We haven't seen players like Timika since Jorgatos. We haven't seen players like even, even I dare say, Duvikas. Duvikas can turn into a very good striker. He's got, he's got great potential. But we don't have that matching of experience of playing at the highest level with that talent. That's what we don't have in the national team. So for me, it's not a question of, oh, we should have brought in Nicolau instead of Boguras, or we should have, you know, we should try and bring in Steril. You know my my opinion on this. Yeah. Siovas, yeah. Manolas. And the problem is striker, guys. Uh, we've had this conversation in our group chat many a time that the problem isn't the back, but it showed today that actually, yes, that is a problem as well. But we don't have a striker. We don't no, have a Mitroglou yeah. that scores 10 plus goals in qualification. We don't have it right now. Yep. yep. And you have a comment here agreeing with you from George Babadzanis. We are in need of Bingo. a clinical finishing striker similar to Mitroglou. Yeah. I mean, we, we have brought up like it, it, it striking finishing is the problem. And then until the beginning of this, the first half or into going into this first half, also, the problem was we also didn't make really clear goal-scoring opportunities. But the, you can have both problems, and we do have both problems. Consistently, we don't make a lot of goal-scoring opportunities, and then consistently, we don't finish the opportunities that are given. Uh, and and these, are, these are huge problems. These are very big problems for the team and all things that need to be addressed. I also made a mistake. I realized I said Stereo. I meant uh, Kitsu. Uh, I mean, I know now he's playing for Gaziantep or whatever in Turkey, but uh, I mixed up I mixed up my my players there. But uh, I think uh, uh, because we do have an important segment we want to get into next, I think it's important that we round this up. Let's do a, a man of the match if you, you know if you can give one and a coach's grade. Uh, let's start with you, Costa Costa C. Give us your man of the match and your coach's grade and a flop of the match too. I'm gonna flop of the match today. Man I'm of the upset. match. If I have to pick a man of the match, I give it to Bukalagis. I really like the way he, you know, he he composed himself on the pitch. 
uh, and every time he got on the ball, he looked he looked positive, he looked confident, and just looked just looked like a top player or somebody that just was miles ahead of everybody else that was playing on his team. Just on another on another level, I thought he sprayed the ball around really well. So I'm very happy for him. Uh, so yeah, if I have to give give props, I give props to him. I worry, I worry about him though. He's, he's been playing nonstop. We're going to have to get him an oxygen mask because Pedro Martins isn't taking him out the starting eleven. You just know he's going to go to Joshua There's horrible pitch on the weekend, and he's going to start and he's going to play ninety and then go to Frankfurt. And you're just thinking, oh my god, how's he going to survive? Um, anyway, segue over flop of the match back. I said that's for me. I'm sorry again, but this, this another problem of this national team is is precisely the fact that it's been built around him. This national team is built around Dasus Bakasetas. Uh, and he's got some important goals. He's scored some important penalties that have got us wins that didn't matter in the greater in the greater sense of things in this qualification. Uh, today it just wasn't good enough. He didn't turn up. His passing was poor. He didn't do anything, and he was was he, he was on the pitch for ninety minutes in the end. He didn't take him off, did he? I don't. So yeah, flop. Just did nothing today in in the game that mattered. He didn't do anything. Coaches' grades, no comment. Just like that. <laughs> I mean, you said it, Ari. That the game management was was poor. Who who was the first sub? Your be, one of your best players, the most the biggest attacking threat that you had, and that was the first sub off. Not Bavlivis. God forbid, Bakasetas. What do you want me to say? Like. No comment. I ain't going to comment on a coach's grade for Van Van Skip Van Shit, however you pronounce it. Costa K, you're up. Man of the match. I mean, it's difficult to pick it up, but there's like not much to say really. I think I'd give it to Masuras because he was the best player in the first half. Where Greece showed that they could actually uh, pull it off. They could actually uh, win this match. They could actually, you know, give us a really good chance of going to the World Cup. So I'm giving it to Masuras. Flop, I'll, I'm going to give it to Hadzidiakos because he just showed how this team was not, was not, didn't have the experience of that kind of match. Because like I said, this is, an, uh, this is a team that chokes under pressure. They cannot beat Slovenia when they have to. They cannot beat, uh, uh, who was the, uh, who, who was the, uh, Georgia when they have to. They simply cannot beat Kosovo. For some reason, we can't beat Kosovo. So now this was the first ever uh, Itania-Pitas do-or-die kind of match against a really good team. I knew there's no way we're going to win because Sweden knew how important the game was. They knew it was a must-win, and they have quality. They have experienced players in there. And I knew that we have no experienced players, and it's going to show. I didn't think it was going to show like that with such ridiculous mistakes at the back. And also didn't expect a player to just fly off the handle like this and get sent off at such an important match. So it's Hadzidiakos. And when it comes to the coach's grade, it's an F because for many reasons, not just because of this match, but because of the, the squad he picked, the fact that he insists on his on those ridiculous decisions 
uh, of keeping Kostas Manolas out of this out of this team, of keeping Socrates Papastathopoulos out of this team. Yes, Socrates is is at a senior age, but goddammit, he can still get us uh, clean sheets at the Emirates and the Sukru Saratsoglu. That surely means something still, at least for this Greek national team. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the way he handled this game, uh, the, 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 the substitutions, the fact that he's so in love with Bacasetas, F, it's an F. Yeah, uh, look, I'm right there with you. Uh, for me, uh, well, flop of the match. Did I miss your flop of the match? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my flop of the match is Hatsidiakos. There. Okay. There, oh, that's right. Uh, now, for me, look, my my man of the match, and I probably gave it away in our group chat. Uh, Bukalakis for me. Uh, you know, there are plenty of things we can give Bukalakis a lot of stick for, but I think it's overdone at times. I think people like way harp. He'll, this guy will make you. He's one of the most accurate passers, not on the Greek, not just on the Greek national team, but for Libyakos as well. And people will always harp on, you know, his one or two mistakes a game, which some of them are pretty egregious. I get it. But this guy does so much that nobody gives him credit for. And you saw today a confident Bukalakis, the way he moves the ball around. We don't have, we don't have a real eight in Greece. We don't have one right now. Maybe Alexandropoulos can do it. Maybe Solis can do it. You know, Galanopoulos is always hurt. We don't have one. And Bukalakis is the closest we're getting. And he can move the ball around pretty well. And he also wins the ball back. And he bosses the midfield. And he did it today. Uh, JVS, Gosta, I'm with you. F, F for me. Worst, terrible game management. You go from starting off really well, despite what we were expecting going to this game, and you just let it go to shit. F for me. I'm not saying anymore. And flop of the match, I'm also giving to JVS. He is my fucking flop of the match. Garbage. <laughs> Absolute goddamn garbage. And I saw there was a comment here that also agrees with me. I think it was Fetanos also who said flop of the match. JVS, flop. You have to manage a game for 90 goddamn minutes. You don't pick the starting 11, see how good they do, and go, oh, I hope it works out. No. You manage the goddamn team. You're the coach. Flop of the match, JVS. Now, let's move on to the bigger topic here. So um, there is a small chance, small chance we could move on if we beat Spain and then beat Kosovo and then either Spain and Sweden draw or Sweden beat Spain. Small chance, but we can. But whatever. We're just going to make the assumption that we're not qualifying because that's probably what's going to happen. We're not qualifying. So my question then is, do you believe in the project JVS is building and do you keep him for the next campaign or do you want him out? Uh, and this will, you know, go ahead. Costa, see. Uh, for, for me, it's, it's clear. Out. It's, it's, it's a joke, but the, the problem is he's he's i've said it before he's picked by the current administration who don't have a clue about football we're in a lamentable situation as a footballing nation in that we recently had a former euro 2004 captain as president of the football federation he couldn't handle the way things are done in the football federation the way greek football's going that he decided on his own uh, you know by himself that he's going to get up and leave so i i think unf unfortunately that kind of says everything are we going to get somebody in that's 
better or worse than JVS with this administration making the picks. That's what I really worry about. If I could pick somebody that would be remotely realistic to bring in at this point in time, I would go for Yorgos Lonis. I think he's a serious guy. If anything, he's never he's never said something to my knowledge that has provoked fans of other teams. We all know he has a Panathinaikos history. Maybe that's something they like over at Ebbo. He's played abroad. He's coached abroad, albeit in Cyprus or in, in Saudi Arabia. But I think he has the kind of, let's say, respect factor. If you're a Greek player walking into the dressing room, it's like, who's the coach? It's like, is Jorgos Donis. He played for Blackburn. He played for Panathinaikos. They got to the semifinals of the Champions League. Yeah, uh, that's that's something. And he speaks Greek. He speaks the language. He can get into the psyche of the players. He can motivate them. He knows the Greek league. He knows the players. He doesn't have to get instruction from Epo. But is that what they want at Epo? Do they want to give the keys over to somebody and let him decide who he's going to pick? Or do they want somebody that they're going to control? So is JVS out for me? And for me, the logical choice to come in and do a job is Yorgos Donis. Project Qatar has failed. It's time to cut cut the cord, pull the plug, whatever you want to call it. JVS out. Costa K. Well, this team was never going to go to Qatar because this is not a team for the for the 2022 World Cup. This supposedly is a team for the 2024 Euros because of the uh, the young players, the lack of experience. There is talent in this team. There is potential in this team. But there's no character. There's no experience. Can they get character and experience? You're goddamn right. They can. But right now they don't have it. Character is something that you build along the way, that you learn. You need those experienced players to guide you. You know, when you have a Papastathopoulos, a Manolas, a Siovas in the back, you get to ask them, hey, man, I mean, talk to me about the Premier League. Talk to me about La Liga. Talk to me about the Serie A. Talk to me about the Champions League. How did you get those results? Manola, how did you score that goal against Barca? Papastathopoulos, how did you, how did you manage every week in the Premier League? Siova, how did you get in the uh, La Liga team of the week so often? Somebody to guide you a bit, to show you how it is being done. Now, a lot of people are going to tell us, you know what? Under JVS, this team doesn't lose. Yeah, but it also doesn't win. And against teams like Moldova, like Kosovo, like Slovenia. Yes, we didn't lose to those teams, but we also didn't beat them when it mattered the most. The Nations League was a failure. There's no other way of saying it. Ari, you said it before, and I completely agree with you. And if anyone disagrees with me, then I want them to tell me in the comment section in the last 10 years, how many times did we see teams from Kosovo, Moldova, and Slovenia playing in the Champions League? And then they also need to tell me how many times in the last 10 years have we seen Greek teams playing in the Champions League and the Europa League in the last 10 years? JVS is like a cat. He's got nine, he's got nine lives. But I'll tell you when those nine lives come up. Euro 2024 qualifiers, if not in the Nations League. Unless we screw up badly in the Nations League and we relegate, then yeah, maybe that's it. 
he's, he, he, he has a few saving graces in the eyes of some, in terms of Sweden, in terms of Spain, even if we beat Spain, you know, that'll, that, that'll do him a, a world of wonders. But we don't make it for the 2024 Euros, you know, where other teams like Albania and North Macedonia have made it in the past. That's it. That's it. To me, yeah, he's gone. I don't believe. I don't believe in the uh, JVS project. I don't get him. He's not building a team because he changes players all the time. He's not. He changes formations very often. I don't get what he's trying to do. I don't get what kind of players he's after. I don't get why he doesn't like players with experience and of the top level in there. And I agree with you guys. Go for Yorgos Dornis. And it's so simple. You just call him and say, hey, Yorgo, you know the players. You know where they play. You know Greek football. Here's the team. Take it. Do what you want to do. Here's the team. You know them. They know you. Take it. Take yep. us to the Euros. So, yeah, yep. out. So I don't believe in the I don't believe in the JVS project uh, part of part of what. But the thing for me is, I don't know. I mean, we, there was a there was a report I read that Epo. This was like a month ago that Epo was bankrupt. Uh, they had no money. So if that's the case, who can we afford? Can we bring anyone in? So is it do you deal with the devil? You know, you don't. I don't believe in this project. If it were my choice and we had some money, I, I you know. I, I prefer to move on from him. I don't believe in this project. Um, but that's, you know, and that's that's my opinion. If we have no money, then I guess we're stuck with him. So that's that's my thoughts. You've got all of our thoughts going forward. Uh, coming up on that time, boys, if you, uh, everyone in the comment section, if you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, and share. We are continuing to grow bigger and bigger, bigger audiences, bigger communications, or sorry, bigger conversations, I should say. And it just gets bigger and it just gets better. Uh, you know, it, we had a great pre-match analysis with Pear. Hopefully we can do stuff like that again uh, moving forward. And hopefully we have more conversations like this. Um, I see some comments that disagree with us as well. These are fantastic. You know, we don't want everybody just agreeing with whatever we say. You all have your own opinion. If you think the analysis is ridiculous, say it. We, you know, we agree with. We like seeing different opinions, what people say, what you guys bring to the table as well. We we love it. It's fantastic. It keeps the conversation going. Uh, so thank you guys again, especially for those that made it this far. Uh, we look forward to seeing you hopefully on more positive terms uh, at the next episode. So thank you, everybody. Again, this is Gate 7 International. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo kati majiko.